Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I'm always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And I gotta tell you, today's show is a winner. I wanna introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit today. And as many of you also know, I'm excited to pick his brain for my benefit as well. That's kind of the nice part about having your own podcast. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs or through Power Forwards, Character Development, or All-Star Cheer Sites, you know how much I focus on the importance of storytelling, right? Well, the show is going to help us to do just that as we have a master with us today. So today's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about what I consider to be one of those cornerstones that helps us get from mediocrity to massive success. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be an absolute blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. Let's face it, folks. We only get one ride on this merry-go-round, and we want to make sure it's one hell of a ride, shall we? Alrighty. It is time to stop surfing Facebook. Put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Carmine Gallo is a three-time Wall Street Journal best-selling author, popular keynote speaker, Harvard instructor, and communication advisor for the world's most admired brands. A communications guru, according to Publishers Weekly, Gallo's books have been translated into more than 30 languages. His international bestsellers include The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs, Talk Like Ted, The Storyteller's Secret, among others. He's advised leaders at companies such as Walmart, Coca-Cola, LinkedIn, Google, and many others. Folks, you're in for a treat. Carmen, welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have you today. Well, thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to be able to speak to you and to your customers and clients. I'm excited about reaching this market of uh, people because I, I've told you so, um, offline that my girls are in gymnastics and acro gymnastics, and so I'm very familiar with that world. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. So, listen, before we officially get started, for those who haven't yet had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak uh, or reading your books, take a second, if you would, share your story with my listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Carmine Gallo? Well, first of all, I'm really glad that you attributed uh, the communication guru to what was a Publishers Weekly. So thank you for that. <laughs> because if a, if a guest comes on your show and says, I'm a communication guru, that's a little obnoxious. So I'm glad. <laughs> it's all good. I'm, all good. I'm glad I, I did not say that. <laughs> uh, no, but that's actually very nice. I was a television broadcast journalist for many years, about 15 years of my career. I worked for CNN and CBS and some other uh, outlets, 
And I, I realized something very early on that we always, I was in business news, and the same guests always showed up a week after week. And years later, I'm watching CNBC or one of the uh, business news programs, and it's the same people. They weren't necessarily the smartest. They weren't necessarily uh, the the most successful in a particular category, but they were the best communicators. And I realized that in the financial industry, at least, a lot of people could not speak in ways that were clear and understandable and inspiring. And then I saw in the business world, very few business leaders or CEOs or even uh, small business owners were inspiring. You know, the kind of people who you really want to work for, you want to follow. There's a handful. And so I started studying the handful, and I realized that they were more persuasive, that they understood the art and the science of compelling communication and, and they did it through storytelling which is what we'll talk about today uh, but that influenced me to shift gears and start writing books so I wrote a book called the presentation secrets of Steve Jobs which was one of my first best-selling books and that became very popular around the world and I realized that there was a market for people who really needed to improve their communication skills and then I wrote another book based on uh, TED Talks so it's that's called Talk Like TED then I wrote a book just on storytelling which is a storyteller secret and I have a new book in June called Five Stars the communication secrets to get from good to great so all of these the the theme throughout all these books is that you can separate yourself from your competitors and really stand out in this new world especially in this new digital world if you understand and can master what really is an ancient art the the ancient art of storytelling that's something we do naturally so it's not that hard to learn but it can really help you stand out mm, this is fabulous quite honestly i've always felt like the difference between really the successful folks and those who weren't quite there yet was their ability to communicate, whether that be communicating benefits or communicating value or really the ability to, to ask for money. So well, Exactly, and that's, I'm glad you said that because that was, that's my new book, and, and I spent the better part of a year speaking to people in all sorts of different fields. The top 1%, right? It's not, it's not good enough to be average anymore. The people who go from, from average to above average to great the ones who are great, who actually get those selective jobs or who are promoted above their peers, typically, in almost every situation, have that something extra. And that extra is leadership skills, the ability to communicate, the ability to really persuade people. Um, and I have been told by HR professionals as well that they will elevate somebody uh, who has a little less experience but superior communication skills over somebody who's more talented with more experience but terrible communication skills because it's not enough anymore, right, Jason? You know that. In, in any business, especially for our small business audience, it's not enough just to have a product or a service that you offer. Uh, you need to be able to sell uh, your ideas and sell that service and market that service. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to dive in because there, there's so much meat here that um, I'm pretty darn excited and I'm, I'm guessing anybody listening is just as. So tell me about this. I know you write a lot about the power of storytelling, um, really in the, in the guise of driving brand marketing. 
Um, but as far as small business owners are concerned, I want you to think of wherever your daughter trains, how, how could storytelling help them to, to grow, help them to thrive, help them to be seen you know, in the world as, as a more important piece of it? Yeah, it's very interesting, and thankfully, my my girls do both uh, attend gyms that are uh, superior and excellent in their field. So that's great. But we had to go around, like a lot of people, and and check around. Uh, so even basic communication, I think, is um, uh, under underwhelming in a lot of small businesses, and not just in in the field that we're talking about here. Um, I, I'm. Uh, pretty frustrated, I think, <laughs> because I, I talk to business leaders who are truly great communicators and uh, folks at Apple, you know, and Rich Carlton and, and Richard Branson at Virgin, people who have elevated their brands to be these great customer service brands and have attracted tremendous customer loyalty. There really is a difference. There's a difference between how they how they work and everyone else. And typically, if we go back to Richard Branson, who I've interviewed just recently, it really is about storytelling. In fact, he uses the word storytelling. So what he says is that every company, regardless of how big you are, every company has a story to tell. So if you simply talk about the, uh, the features of your particular business, uh, here's when we're open, here are the classes we teach, here's what they'll learn. Okay, those are the facts, that's the information, but you're not making any kind of emotional connection to people. So the difference is that through story, through the power of narrative, which is how we think, that it is how we think, how we process information, you can really stand out. Are you telling the stories of the kids or the parents who have come through your gym. Are those stories prominent on websites, for example? Um, or is your website just you know, the, the, uh, the facts and figures and information about your particular gym? What is the emotional difference? What you gotta do is find that difference, Jason. What is that one difference between you and every other gym out there? And so it really starts from the leadership. The, the leadership needs to sit down, identify what is it that we're passionate about, why are we in this business, and what are the stories that have moved us? And are you telling, are you telling those stories? That's one of the things that we mean by storytelling. Um, are you telling the stories of the people who have gone through your gym? Uh, because that's what moves people. It's not necessarily facts and figures, but people are moved by the stories they hear. We can get in the science of that too, but there's a lot of science and a lot of academic uh, and neuroscientific research that backs it all up. I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, well, look, if, if you can, just for a second, as, as far as the science is concerned, why is it so important to go through story-wise and, and, and really break down more of the benefits? Why can't they just throw some facts and figures down and expect the clients to come pouring in? Well, because I have to like you first. Okay, so I, I don't buy in to facts and figures and data and information I, and, or a program. I buy into people. Uh, and, and you know this, when you walk into a gym, you want to be able to, you want to work for somebody who you trust, who uh, seems honorable and has your best interests in mind. 
So when you, here's a good example, Jason. So when you are first bringing people in and you're trying to attract new customers, let them in. Uh, tell them about yourself. Give them stories about who you are because they're buying you first. They're buying the people who are going to be teaching their kids. So what happens in all too all too often is that these gym owners uh, and any I can apply this to any small business. It's all about um, giving you the information that and the data that you need to make a reasonable or, or a reasoned decision. And yet we know that people don't make reasoned decisions. They they're actually more motivated by emotion. And there's a lot of academic uh, and scientific evidence to back that up, that you make emotional decisions based on how well you like the person. So if I don't know anything about you and you're not volunteering any kind of story that might bring me into your world, why are you passionate about this? Um, why are you uh, the person to work with my child? It, you should start bringing in your own personal story uh, to make an emotional connection with people. That, that's one very simple thing that many small business owners don't do. Hmm. I love that. It, it just make, it makes so much sense. It really, I mean, logically, it makes sense. Um, I, I love your component about, you know, I've got to like you first. We, we talk a lot about no like and trust factors, so that's important. All right, that's... Yeah, and that whole idea about the trust factor, for example. So I was, uh, in my new book, I actually did some research where I found a very extensive research over at Google. Uh, I live in the Silicon Valley area. And they had this research, <laughs> you'd appreciate this, Jason, where they took like the brightest people in the company. They had PhDs and engineers, and, and they wanted to find what is it about great teams that separate the best teams that work together uh, from the teams that don't, uh, are, are not as effective. So they brought together all the best and the brightest people, and they thought they were going to arrive at some incredibly you know, data-heavy conclusion. And what they found is it all depends on the leader. A leader makes all the difference. And more than that, they found that a leader who is authentic and emotional and transparent and can make people feel better about themselves are the ones that teams employees wanted to work with, and the ones who got the most from their team. So again, Jason, what is that telling us? It's telling us that even in, in the most data-driven company we, on the planet today, it's all about making emotional connections. If you can make somebody, your customer, your client, your prospect, your, obviously the athlete, feel better about who they are, through the way you communicate with them, that makes all the difference because people want to feel good about themselves. So if you can, if you, if a prospect leaves your gym after visiting and says, gosh, I, I not only feel good about that, the owner, I feel good about myself. I feel great. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's people crave that experience. They want the feeling again and again. And yet I think what happens, Jason, is all of us, you know, I'm a small business owner too. We're just, we, we get bogged down in, uh, the, you know, the day to day activity of running whatever business we're running. And I think we forget that it's all about how to make people feel. 
If we can make them feel incredible about themselves and empowered and strong and confident, and especially about their kids, too. The kids can walk away thinking, gosh, I, I can do this. I can do things I hadn't even imagined. That is all done through the communication from a boss to a child or, or the, the coach to a child. It's, it's done from the coach to the, uh, the business owner to the customer. It's all that, that transportation of feeling. And it can be done, but it has to come from a leadership. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because obviously the staff will mirror that. So I'm curious. I know that you've worked with some of the top brands out there. So Southwest, Ritz-Carlton, Starbucks, folks like that. What kind of, uh, what kind of stories from the trenches do you have there, um, you know, that, that my folks can listen to and, and can learn about that can really help them hammering the importance of storytelling. All those companies thrive and build a culture based on the power of story. So now it's not so much about attracting new customers, as uh, although this will. It will help attract more customers. But it's about building a culture, too, Jason. So storytelling and culture building is really important. Uh, I, I learned this from a few different companies, including Steve Wynn, uh, the big Las Vegas mogul. So Steve Wynn did something really interesting. Um, he, found, he wanted to raise the level of service, and, and all of your companies, all of the people listening, I'm sure, are interested in elevating their service experience and generating more customer loyalty. Well, nobody knows more about the psychology of people than Steve Wynn. Because, Jason, just between us and all our listeners, uh, he is an expert at separating you from your money in a casino. I mean, <laughs> nobody knows more about psychology, okay? This guy understands human psychology. So what he did is he realized that he needed to make people feel good. He, he needed to make people, his employees feel good and the customers. So he implemented a whole storytelling program at all of the Wynn hotels around the world. And the storytelling program simply works like this. And this is something that any small business owner can adapt very easily. At the beginning of the, every session, at the beginning of every department meeting, uh, which happened every day. So you can think about a small business, you know, when people first come in or, or, or a meeting in the morning. They always start with stories. And they always ask the team members, give me a story of an exceptional, exceptional customer experience uh, that either you provided or somebody else. So typically it works better when you tell about another story that you saw from another employee. So what happens? There's a few things that happen. That's all they do. They just start their meetings with stories. Hey, tell me about a story. Did, did anybody see what one of our uh, staff do something exceptional for, an, for a guest the other day? And pretty soon, everybody wants to start competing for stories because stories give that employee personal satisfaction, raises their self-esteem, which Steve Wynn said is incredibly important, Okay, so it raises their self-esteem and also gives the rest of the staff uh, education. It's, it's information, and now they can see how they can also help create these stories. Now, they're going to go out, 
that day and look for stories that they can tell and look for stories that are going to elevate them in front of their peers. So now you're doing two things. One, you're building a stronger customer culture, but you're also helping the uh, staff understand that every guest has a story. You know, you want to build a great story for every guest as well. So it's a very interesting way of looking at storytelling. And then we can look at individuals. We can look at people like Howard Schultz at Starbucks. So Howard Schultz at Starbucks always tells the same, what we call origin story. Origin story is that story of your background. Maybe there's been some struggle there and how it affects what you do today. So you may have heard of the Howard Schultz story, Jason. I'm sure some of your listeners have as well. Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks, or the CEO of Starbucks, always tells the same story of how he grew up poor in the Brooklyn projects. His dad got hurt at work. They could not make ends meet. They didn't have health insurance or a safety net. And so he vowed that he, if he was ever in a position to take care of the people who work for him, that that would never happen, which is why Starbucks was the first company to offer full health benefits for part-time workers. And it underpins almost all of their major initiatives today. But it's that origin story that people connect to, and that's why they feel inspired by him. So there's a number of ways that you can actually incorporate storytelling into your business. It can be a culture thing where you improve the culture, and guess what? It's free and it's easy, okay? So if, if you want something to improve your culture immediately, storytelling is it, but also storytelling then transfers to the, the, uh, the customers and helps to build a stronger customer connection as well. Love that. So with <laughs> t- explain that for one quick second, because if we're going to add value through storytelling, you know, I was, I'm sitting here taking my notes because I, I think this is brilliant on so many levels. Um, so for, call it somebody in the, in that after school activity space, um, the, would you start with an origin story so that everybody knows, you know, all the way top down from the, from the, the C-suite to the, uh, to the coaches, to the assistant instructors that everybody knows what the reason is that they're doing this? I think that uh, everyone's going to look to the boss for inspiration. And the boss should have, if there is an origin story, uh, especially if there's one of struggle and hurdles to overcome, those stories work really, really well at making stronger connections between an owner and the staff. And you'll see that people start opening up themselves. And it's, you know, it's good to have those, those type of origin stories. Um, the hero's journey, right? <laughs> That's why people love Star Wars. Star Wars is a hero's journey. <laughs> Where a person starts in an ordinary world, they're, t- they're tested, they're struggled, and then they're transformed and they, uh, they find out something about themselves and, and they become better people for their, for their ordeal. That's a time-tested story. And so if you have some kind of origin story, and, I, and I'm not recommending that you take all the skeletons out of the closet, you know, that's not what we mean. Um, but again, it's a way to connect you with 
a either the staff or with uh, with customers and prospects as well. I love it. I love it a lot. Now I know that you uh, you mentioned before you recently spoke with Richard Branson. Um, I am dying to hear what kind of gems you pulled out of that conversation. Yeah. Okay. So Richard Branson is interesting, uh, and I will tell you. I will actually give you a few different things that I think apply to our listeners today. The first thing is he is a big believer, and this is all part of storytelling, but it's more about just basic communication. And I want all of your listeners to take something away that's very actionable. Richard Branson believes, as do I, that if your message cannot fit on the back of a cocktail napkin, an airplane napkin, then it's too complicated. And he has said this a number of times in interviews. He has said this even in his book. And he talks about the airline that started on the back of a beer, beer uh, mat, <laughs> a beer coaster. I mean, he, he literally heard a pitch from one of his employees that had been written on the back of a beer coaster at a pub. And it was for an airline to compete in uh, Australia and to, to take on the big one, Qantas, right? It actually started on a beer mat. When he saw it, he goes, oh, I get it. I get that. I, I get the story. Can you develop a bigger business plan out of it? But it was the beer mat that caught his attention because he said, wait a minute, I can see the whole story on a beer mat. And, and then he joked and he said, yeah, Carmine, I may have been drunk at the time, so it helped. <laughs> but the point is, and, and I've seen this throughout my whole career, and I've actually been studying you know, communication and persuasion and business for uh, 15 years plus, maybe 20 years. The point is that you need to get your key messages across in a very short amount of time, literally on one page. So when I go to your establishment and I go to one gym over another over another, what makes you different or whatever small business you have? Can you explain, can you articulate your business, who you are, what you do, and what your differences are in 30 seconds to a minute? And can it fit all on one small page? Or, or a beer mat. I mean, literally. It's like, can, I, I need to be able to see you, you, the entire story on a page. Or a website. Just on, on the top, above the fold. That's the problem, too, I think, with a lot of businesses. Not just small businesses. Uh, it, there's too much information. It's too convoluted. And pretty soon you begin to sound and look like everybody else. So what do you want people to say? People are going to XYZ gym because of what? I don't necessarily know what that what might be. That has to be personal to you. But what is everyone, what do you want everyone in the community saying about your gym? What is the one thing that's going to separate you from the rest? And if you can add three supporting points, great. But don't give me 18 reasons to come to your gym. That's too many. Give me one overarching message that is a dis, uh, the, the one message that makes you distinct, followed by three or four supporting points. Yeah, that, there you can put in the data, the statistics, the numbers, the facts or information. But if you give me 28 reasons to join your gym, I'll forget every one. 
And that's very, Jason, that's very well established in the neuroscience literature. That it's, it's very important to get a very concise message across about your company in a very short amount of time that people can just get immediately. Then they're more receptive to go into the details. But you need to give them something that differentiates your business immediately, right out of the gate. So that's one big thing that Richard Branson and I talked about. And the other is about storytelling. He said you cannot be, and this is a great quote, you cannot be a successful entrepreneur today unless you know how to tell a great story. I said, wow, that's, that's pretty bold. That's pretty fascinating. Um, again, because it's very hard to differentiate yourself, isn't it? And it's also very hard on social media. Everything kind of looks the same, sounds the same. Social media now gives all of your businesses, all the business owners who are listening, oh, an, an amazing tool to do storytelling. On Facebook, are you telling the stories of the alumni, the people who have gone through your business? Are you telling the staff stories? Is your origin story on Facebook? Um, again, it's that way of making more personal connections with people because very few companies actually do it. And what, so what, a, what a great tool you have, have to for that. put your journalist hat and start thinking, oh, what are your writer's hat? What are the stories that I'm missing here? What are the stories that are happening each and every day that I'm that we're not telling? Hmm. Hmm. That's brilliant. <clears throat> that, that's really a, a great takeaway. You know, what, what, what stories are we missing? Because there, there are so many, especially, especially in our world where, you know, they're so, talk about personality driven. I mean, mm -hmm. the kid who comes in who has no self-confidence and walks out with her head or his head held high. Or, you know, the kid who doesn't fit in necessarily at school but has now found a place where they consider themselves safe and happy and thriving. You know, what a... That's well, that's nice. interesting, Jason. See, yeah, you just opened my eyes, too. Uh, again, you have to start thinking about along these lines. What are the stories that aren't being told? Uh, I don't, you know, you just mentioned a few things. I don't see a lot of gems doing that kind of storytelling, uh, you, you know, with, with actual uh, either real people, um, if, you, if you get their permissions, of course, or uh, just as... Uh, a, and examples, you know, examples of people have come through. Yeah. Uh, but th that's the difference. That's the difference is, is trying to find those stories and draw them out because that's what connects people to one another is storytelling. And throughout history, anthropologists have studied this. Uh, scientists have studied this. The way we process our world is through narrative and story. And so if you can connect with people on that level, it's going to make a big difference. There's actually some uh, studies that have been done, scientific studies. I talked to some of the scientists behind them. They're showing that if, uh, if a person goes on a Facebook page for a business and they see a story of a, a real person who may have had this incredible transformation because they've gone through your program. And that it could be, it could be a picture. It doesn't have to be a video. But video is even more powerful. So here's what happens, okay, Jason, this is really interesting stuff. What happens is that th there's a neurochemical reaction in our blood system that scientists actually try to trace by taking blood samples and all that. What they see when people hear stories, there's an increase in oxytocin. 
uh, which is our, our bonding molecule. People are more likely, for example, in, in some studies, to give more money, significantly more money, to a charity in which where they saw video of people who were being impacted by that charity versus the, the, uh, the people who just saw information on that charity. Okay, so it, it's, that, it's the personal stories that raise our oxytocin level, trigger a rush of neurochemicals in our brain that want us to bond, that make us want to bond with one another. Uh, but the point is it makes you more likable. And it, it, again, it increases that connection with people. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities that our listeners might have to draw out some of these stories that they're not really taking advantage of. And again, this is not an expensive uh, undertaking. This isn't, uh, you know, $10,000 new software program that we're pitching here. We're just talking about trying to extract the stories that you have. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. All right. So I know that you've got, uh, you've got another book coming out um, before the summer starts, right? Yeah, it's coming out in June of 2018. It's going to be published by St. Martin's Press, and it will be accompanied by an audio book, too. It's called Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Get from Good to Great. And it goes into, uh, there are a few chapters on storytelling, but the point is that in this age of disruption, okay, and, and every company is facing disruption on a scale unlike anything we've seen in business throughout all of history. We've got the globalization, artificial intelligence, digital marketing, all coming together, automation, all coming together, all these forces coming together to completely uh, upend every business. Those businesses that seem to stand out, the difference between the average and the above average are those who are run by leaders who are exceptional communicators and good persuaders because the world now is not built brick by brick as one economist told me it's built idea upon idea and ideas don't sell themselves you needed an advocate to sell your idea so the point is all of our obviously all of our listeners they have ideas they have ideas about uh, services they want to start offering. They have ideas about companies they want to start. They have ideas on who to hire and how to hire. The point is that nothing gets done. Nothing gets done by coercion, by commanding anymore. Uh, this isn't master and commander. It's a very different time now. The only time th something gets done is through our ability to persuade you, another person, to take action. That's the difference between average and above average in almost every field. And I, I chose five stars sort of as a metaphor uh, because I've interviewed people and I talked to people in hospitality who get five stars, five-star hotels. There's not very many five-star hotels, very, very few. Uh, five-star hospitals, you know, people, uh, those type of organizations. And one person at a hotel told me, well, you know how you get the Forbes five-star rankings, don't you? And I said, no, tell me more. There, there's very, very few, uh, like under 5% of all hotels in the country can get a Forbes five-star ranking. They said, well, three stars is clean and nice. Four-star is probably a nicer location. It has some amenities like a spa. But five-star hotels have to have emotional connection between the staff and the guests. 
emotional connection. So, again, it's all about how do you get from average to above average. Because as you know, Jason, I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, average only guarantees below average results these days. You have to stand out in some way. Absolutely. Wow. That, uh, the emotional connection aspect is, is really eye-opening. Really eye-opening. Yeah, and it's something all of our listeners need to understand as well because people are making a decision based on your coaches. They're making a decision based on your gyms. Uh, or your organizations based on how those places make them feel about themselves and how they make them feel about their kids. It's a feeling-based business. You can't just market yourself as being uh, the type of gym that has these amenities. What is the feeling that you're trying to get across? I, I love that you're saying this. You know, For so long, I've said that, you know, what you think is your product isn't your product. It's actually those few steps they take from the mat to their parents' car. You know, what leaves in their head on their shoulders. You know, that's that, a great point. That's yeah. the product. You're not selling anything but that. Because all the physical skills go away. So. Yeah, that, that's actually really interesting. Um, and again, you know your world a lot better than me, so that's that, that's a very good way of looking at it. That reminds me of a conversation I had with Howard Schultz, chairman of Starbucks, years ago when I first wrote my first book. And I had a uh, interview with him about communication skills, and it was really wild because I was the first one to mention coffee. He did not bring up coffee. He talked about all sorts of different things about um, employee engagement and customer service, but he didn't bring up coffee. And I, so I say, wow, the, the, there's a lot of stuff, guy. I, I never knew coffee was so complicated. And he kind of paused and he said, well, coffee is what we sell as a product, but that's not the business we're in. Mm. Think about that, Jason. That's not the business we're in. That's a product, but the business is in emotional and human connection, bringing people together, you know, creating that sense of community. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. So that's why the, the business is different. So you have to look at your business completely differently. What business am I really in? A, am I in the business of providing, um, you know, uh, 10 classes a week on, on these type, on this type of instruction and we have 12 mats and, and eight bars and it, uh, is it about the features of the business or in what you, uh, what people are going to feel by going to your business? That, that's a slightly different marketing st uh, strategy. Well, slightly different, but I mean, that's one of those tiny hinges that swings ginormous doors. You know, you yeah. look at that and think, you know, of course, everyone wants to believe you're in this physical skill business. And I ask this on any of my presentations where I'm like, what business are you in? And I hear everything. I'm in the dance business. I'm in the cheer business. I'm in the martial arts business. No, mm. you're not. You're absolutely not. You're, you're in personal connection. You're in personal development. You're in emotional support. It's, you're just using the thing as the vehicle to get the benefit. That, that's a real, again, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. And I think, I think you really hit it because if you're in the dance business, okay, uh, so are eight other places around my community. Uh, what makes you different, right? Um, uh, that reminds me, I think this is going to be really valuable for your listeners. So let me end on one more thing here. I did a, I wrote a book 
that is is still available. It's only a few years old. If your uh, listeners want to go for it, it's it's very good customer service book. It's called the Apple Experience. It's all about the Apple stores and how they communicate with customers, the whole thing. It's the only book written on the Apple Store. So I, I put it in a lot of time, interviewed a lot of folks for that. But I learned something that what you just said, Jason, reminded me, reminded me of. When Steve Jobs started the Apple Store, he said, we have to change the questions we ask about ourselves. What business are we in? We are not in the computer business. Yes, we sell computers, which is most of what they sold back then, uh, but we are not in the computer business. We are in the business of enriching lives. And what does a business that enriches lives look like? Well, that business, Jason, turned out to be the Apple Store, and everything about the Apple Store was all based on the question, enriching lives. What does that look like? So if you were enriching lives, where, where would you park yourself? Would you put yourself where all other computer stores were, or would you put yourself in the mall, which at the time is where people lived their lives? Uh, would you be greeted when you walked in, or how would you be greeted? Again, it's all about, which stores didn't do. Store, no, retail stores did not think like that because he said we are not in the business of selling computers. We're in the business of enriching lives. So, so all of you, all of our listeners do you need to, Kind of pause at the beginning of the year here and think to themselves, what business am I really in? And what would that business look like? So think about that whole Apple model, right? We're not in the business of computers. That's a product we sell. We're in the business of enriching people's lives. Well, if we're in the business of enriching people's lives, what does that look like from the, from the moment people walk in to the, to the time they leave with their kids? What does that look like? And I'll bet you, Jason, that that's going to look a lot different than the way they do business now, and it's going to look a lot biz different than their competitors. Well, it will. I mean, it's the difference between being a commoditized business versus a, uh, a division of one. Yeah. You know, this Good is, point. That, that's huge. All right. It is time for our resource of the week. So, Carmen, if you would, tell me how my listeners can find out more about you and how you go about helping people to succeed and really change lives. I'm a keynote speaker, uh, so I, I speak at a lot of mostly sales conferences and associations, and I obviously write books and I, I write columns as well. So if people want more information on either my speaking or my books, the best resource would be just to go to my website. It's a good Italian name, so I hope people don't have too much of a problem remembering <laughs> it. If they go to CarmineGallo.com, Gallo, G-A-L-L-O, so CarmineGallo.com, uh, they'll be able to sign up for my newsletter to get weekly updates on communication skills. They'll see all of my books and how to buy them. And we'll also get information on my communication advising business. That's perfect. So, folks, head over to www.carminegallo.com. That's C-A-R-M-I-N-E-G-A-L-L-O.com. All right. It's, uh, and also, whether you buy them straight from there, head over to Amazon and pick up all, all these books because they are fabulous. All right, so Carmine, I always like to end my podcast with uh, what I consider to be a telling question. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or probably more importantly, help them to live a better life, what would that one piece of advice be? 
Yeah, I think I just gave it away. But the more I think about it, I think it's going to come back down to what we what we had just talked about. Um, you are not in the business of selling a product or a service. You are in the business of enriching people's lives. And always think about what that business would look like because guaranteed it's going to look a lot different than what you have now and, and it'll be significantly different than your competitors. I, I love that phrase. And it worked for Apple, and Apple actually copied it from some other companies, like the Ritz-Carlton. So it kind of goes around. I think maybe that's one way of looking at your world this year. How do I enrich lives? Not how do I provide uh, gymnastics classes. How do I provide dance classes? How do I enrich the lives of my students and the people who come here? And you will see that that will trigger a very different-looking business than you have today. That's fabulous. Folks, you heard it here first. How do you enrich lives? Love it, love it, love it. Carmine, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and it just means the world to me that you share some of your time and some wisdom with us. This has been fabulous. Well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I, I, I hope this has been beneficial for your audience. Thanks, Jason. Absolutely. Well, it's certainly been beneficial for me, so I, I am... Super appreciative. Folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.